Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Because we had an ungrateful son. So ungrateful and so dishonoring to his mother that uh, and he didn't realize. And if she would have left him the way he was, he would have been the one getting all the scorning and all the looks and all the things of that nature. But she loved him so much that she gave her eyes for him. And when I was sharing this, a person said, uh, I understand that, but the, the mother is at fault also because the mother did not share with the son how much she loved him. Meaning that if she would have told him, son, I love you, I love you so much, and I have loved you so much that you had an accident and lost an eye, but I gave you my eye. That's how much I love you. Then he probably would have been different, but she didn't do that. She just left him to himself to think whatever he wanted to think. And I'm so glad that God doesn't leave us that way. I'm so glad that as we studied the book of Malachi, the first message that God wanted to give to the people, to Israel, was that I have loved you. And the question, well, how have you loved us? In that I have loved you, loved Jacob, and hated Esau. So he told Israel, he told us how much he's loved us he hasn't left that to chance he has told us on numerous occasions that he gave his life for us he gave the life of his son his only begotten son for us and so we have no reason to be proudful prideful we have no reason to um to not love Jesus, not to think highly of him because he has told us, he has shown us how much he loves us. Not only that back then, but even now. Even now, Jesus is telling us how much he loves us. Just the fact that you woke up this morning is telling you how much he loves you. Don't think it's by accident or uh, just because you deserve to wake up that you woke up this morning. There's other people throughout, throughout the world. There's people who went to bed last night, but they didn't wake up. They died. But God has held back death for us until his timing. Is that love? Sure it is. Sure it is love. How many times have, have we gone out and come back in in traffic and gone to uh, places we want to go uh, in our vehicles and, and planes and boats or whatever we do and come back 
and, and we don't appreciate that God has kept us doing all that time. He kept us safe. And so I believe that this lady should have told her son and spared him of the condemnation, really, that God was going to do. Because if you don't honor your parents, then it's, it's, a, bad, it's a bad thing. He, he said that, that things aren't going to go well with you, not going to live long on the earth, and he sure enough didn't honor his mother. Now, I wanted to show that bumper because it, it was touching to me, and I'm trying to unfold the book of Malachi to you because God is telling Israel how much he loves Israel. But he's just not telling them how much I love you and just leaving it at that because I think that the, the later did that. The, the later could have, should have said, hey, look, if, if you, I went to school and, and you didn't want to, you, you, you were just embarrassed because of me, and I gave my eye for you. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. If you don't want the eye, then, then I'll take the eye back and let you be one eye. And see, what, what, what God is doing through Malachi is telling Israel, okay, I love you, yes, but let me show you some areas that you need to straighten up in. Because I love you so much, I want you to be straight. I don't want you to fall into uh, condemnation. I don't want the devil to get a foothold in your life. So I'm going to send the prophet. I'm going to tell you these things. And if you just do what the prophet says, that I told the prophet, then you're going to be fine. The backsliding would have stopped. So we went through chapter 1 with two messages. And then the third message, let's pick it up in, in chapter 2. And see what it says here. Now it says in the first verse, And now this commandment is for you, O priest. That's verse 1. Now when you, when, you, when you hear that, you say, Oh my goodness. It's not to me. It's really not to Israel. It's to the priests of Israel. So I can tune this message out because he's not talking to me. Well, God doesn't waste words, does he? God knew when he sent Malachi, this is going to speak not only to Israel, but it's going to speak throughout the years. It's going to speak to us. It's going to speak to those who come after us. It's going to be speaking until he comes back. Let's look at it in 1 Peter chapter uh, 2, verse 5. Let's go there. Because we do not have priests like they had it who's going to offer um you know the the animal sacrifices that because they do you remember from uh the the message we were giving is that when reading chapter one they were offering the blind uh uh the sacrifice animals they have uh, uh sacrificing the lame animals they they were doing they, they were just dishonoring god that's what they were doing and so here he's talking to the priest he talked to the priest in chapter 1 also, the priest and the people, but here he's talking just to the priest. So in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it says, 
You also, a living stone, as living stones. He's, in, in the verse before, he's talked about Jesus as a living stone. And it says, you also, as, a, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy, what's that word? Priesthood to offer up not just normal, literal sacrifices, but spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So he's telling us, you know, the priesthood is no longer in existence like it was then. You have a high priest. Jesus Christ is our high priest. Would you agree with that? He's our high priest. But he says that we are a holy priesthood. The the, the church, we're a holy priesthood. And listen to what it says in verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we are a royal priesthood. We are a, a spiritual priesthood. We're supposed to be offering uh, spiritual sacrifices because we are set apart. So even though he's talking to the priest then, how does this apply to us now? Well, I just, just showed you. Who is he talking to? All of us, isn't it? Are you a royal priesthood? Yeah. You're a royal priesthood. Are you a, a holy priesthood? Yes, you're a holy priesthood because it says so in verse 5. Are you supposed to be offering up spiritual sacrifices? Yes, you are. Well, let me ask you something else. In going back to Malachi, in Malachi, these priests, they were also teachers. They were instructors. And who are the instructors now? The professional instructors who are supposed to instruct you. And if you want to think about it, it's in Ephesians 4.11 when it says that he has given gifts to men and some has given apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipment of the saints, for the works of service. Okay, so we know that uh, we have overseers. In, if, we, if, we, if you look in Titus chapter 1, let's go to Titus chapter 1. In Titus chapter 1, verse 9, it explains it a little bit um, a little bit deeper as far as the overseers are concerned because uh, in Timothy 3, 2, it is, tells us also that, that uh, an overseer got to be apt to teach. Apt to teach. What does that apt to teach mean? Well, Titus 1, 9 explains it. It says, holding fast the faithful word. Holding fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching. Teaching of the apostles. Now, let me ask you a question. Who's supposed to hold fast to the teaching? Is it just the overseers or is it just all of us? All of us. All of us are supposed to hold on to this, this word. It says, so that he will be able to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. So we know that that's one of the responsibilities of elders uh, in, in the church is that we're supposed to be someone who knows the word of God. 
We're supposed to know the word and God, well, God inside and out. We're supposed to know that word, and we're supposed to be able to exhort people with the word. We're supposed to be able to uh, uh, correct people who try to contradict the word. We're supposed to be able to do that. But I submit that not only do we're supposed to be able to do it, but I submit that you're supposed to be able to do it. Because I'm not at your workplaces. I'm not uh, around in your break room when somebody said, said well, I, I, you know, I don't believe uh, in, in the creation. I believe in evolution. You know, I can't, you don't need to call me and say, hey, do you have time to come to my break room so you can explain to them? No. He wants you to explain to him, doesn't he? Yeah, he wants you to explain to him. Who's the priest of your home? You know, we're all royal priesthood, right? And then somebody is supposed to be responsible for the teaching that goes on in your house, right? Who is it going to be? It's the head, right? You got, you got the woman as a priest. You got the man as a priest. But you also have God who said that the man is the what? Head of the household. So he's supposed to be, whether it's due, through dedicated, who do delegation or whether it's through actual teaching themselves, he's supposed to make sure the word of God is being taught. Also, if you're a single parent, uh, you're supposed to, uh, you might be a single male parent, you might be a single female parent, most single parents are females, you're supposed to be able to teach that word to your kids. Do you know that? You know, uh, when we talked the series on transformation, you know, we, we talked that. And, and also the children's church was going through the series on transformation also. And we had everybody to memorize the same scripture, adults as well as kids. What scripture was that? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. All right? And so you're supposed to be going home and say, hey, uh, what, what, what was the scripture y'all learned in kids' church? You already know, but you said, because I told you so, but... You say, what, what, what scripture you learn? Well, I think it's, uh, well, let me tell you what it is, because we're learning the same thing. And you're supposed to be going over that. I was talking to one, one person, they said, well, the teenagers didn't, didn't hear that, so I've been teaching it to my teenagers. Well, uh, I'm going to uh, ask Brandon to have the, the, the teachers over the teenagers to teach them in transformation also, because I think their minds need to be transformed also. What do you think? Sure. Sure. But we're responsible for our children. We have to, this, this word is not just an isolated word in Malachi. It's not an isolated word. Now, let's see how important it is to Jesus. Let's go to uh, Malachi again, chapter 2. How important is this thing to, to Jesus? We have some curses that's in Malachi, chapter 2. And I said, well, whoo, man, this is, that's, not, that's not a good, exciting message. Uh, just before Thanksgiving, we eat this big meal, you know. Um, but how many of you know that you might not be around, and I might not be around for Thanksgiving if, if we don't straighten up, if, we, if we're a little crooked? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, and I want to, hey, tell me what the deal is. Tell me what the deal is because I don't want nobody to say, well, well you didn't tell me. You didn't tell me. Do you remember um, the song they were singing? Well, what was the song? And, and, and I think... Uh, John came up and said something about, well, I'm going to tell you the truth. It was something about truth, right? Speak, speak the truth. Speak, speak what is true. Uh, Malachi is speaking what is true, isn't he? He's speaking what is true. So that's all I'm doing is just 
uh, we're going through what God told Malachi to tell Israel, which he's telling us. Okay, here's what it says. If you do not listen, and if you do not take to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. And indeed, I have cursed them already because you have you are not taking it to heart. Oh, he says in verse 3, Behold, I am going to re- re- rebuke your offspring, so now it's going to your children, and I will spread refuge, and King James might say dong, on your faces and refuge on your feast, and you will be taken away with it. Now, that doesn't sound like the Lord is, is happy. doesn't sound like it. I mean, you don't spread refuge on nobody's faces, man. You know, I don't care, you know, if you don't like them, you just still won't do that. I mean, this, this is bad news, see. He says, then, verse 4, then you will know that I have sent this commandment to you that my covenant may continue with Levi, says the Lord of hosts. Let's go to verse 9. So I also have made you despised and abased before all the people. Now, that's Israel. That's his chosen people. And he says, I'm going to make you a base, uh, and I have made you a base uh, before all the people. And God surely doesn't want that because you remember God said that my name shall be glorified. My name shall be honored among the nations. You remember that in in chapter 1? Well, that's what he was saying here. So you know he doesn't want that. So what is he trying to tell them? It started off in verse 2, if you do not. If you do not. So, so he's saying that, that, look, I don't want this to happen, but if you do not listen, then this is what's going to happen. The curses that I had already pronounced a long time ago, uh, they, they're going to come upon you. Matter of fact, they already come, come upon you because you're not taking it to heart. Are we not taking some things to heart? I don't know. Just, you know, for the Holy Spirit and us to do. What, what is, you think about it. I said, God, you know, this is a heavy word for for elders. Do you understand? This is a heavy word for elders because elders are supposed to be responsible uh, that the word of God goes out and it goes out in truth and not, you know, just uh, some nice sounding something, you know, something that that everybody can read in the newspaper and and on the the news uh, cast. Uh, We want to hear what's going on in in the word of God. And so uh, we... We're going to be held responsible. And matter of fact, he said in John 10, 10 through 14, he said there that he's a good shepherd, didn't he? You remember that? He said, I am the good shepherd. Did he, did he not say that? He said, I'm the good shepherd. And he says that the thief is going to come to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come to give you life and to give it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. God is looking for elders who are going to lay down his life for the sheep. Lay down their lives for sheep. He said that uh, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. See, see, I don't want to come steal and kill and destroy no sheep. He says that he who is hired a hired hand and not a shepherd in verse 12, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and, and, and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. 
That's, what, that's the way I want to be. I want to be uh, uh, under shepherd of Jesus Christ. I want to be concerned about you. I, I, I don't want to, uh, when things start going uh, wrong, I don't know why people say, when things go south. Is, is south supposed to be some, I'm from the south, but, you know, from North Carolina, south of Virginia. Uh, why do they say it, 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 when things go south, you know? Uh, but anyway, when, when things go wrong, I don't want to be, well, it's all right. Well, hey, it's time for me to retire because things are not looking good. No, no, it's not time for me to retire. Uh, I was asked that the other day, uh, when you're thinking about retiring, I said, well, when God tells me, well, has God shared anything with you? No, some people said something to me about it, but I'm not, you know. <laughs> But God hasn't said nothing to me about it. Yeah? Uh, Moses, Moses he, he chose Moses to lead his people out of Egypt at what age? 80. 80, right? 80. <laughs> I'm not 80 yet. I'm not 80 yet, okay? So I got some years to go. And plus he lived up about 120, something like that. So uh, I'm not going anywhere until God tells me to go somewhere, and you might tell me to go somewhere. People told me to go somewhere, uh, but I, I'm, not, I'm not going there. That's for sure. I'm not going there. Uh, <laughs> but I want, to, I want to be faithful to the people. Let me tell you how faithful. I'm going to tell you. See, you, I, I want you to listen to this because this is important because at some point in time, we are going to um, turn it over to somebody else. At some point in time, you see what I'm saying? At some point in time, we're going to turn it over to somebody else. Now, when that happens, you need to know what you're supposed to be looking for in elders. In a pastor, you've got to be looking for what God's looking for. That's what you've got to be looking for. Somebody who's strong in the word of God. Somebody who, who's not going to waver just because things go, go bad or go south. You know, we're going we're gonna to hang in there, and we're going to hang in here together, and we're going to fight together. You see what I'm saying? That's who you want with you in a war. You want somebody who got your back who's going to fight with you. You know, I don't care how bad it looks. You know, uh, it, it could look bad. It could be a, a lot of people against, against us, but I don't care. God says that, that if I'm for you, who can be against you? That's what he said. Let's look at Acts chapter 20, verse 17. Let's go there because... That's a, that's a good verse. I mean, that's a good verse. It tells you something about, in the New Testament, what God is saying, even in the Old Testament, because this is, this is Paul, and he was, he's, he's now going through uh, the, the area. It says, verse 17, from Elijah, he sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church, and when they had come to him, he said to them, you yourselves know from the first day that I set foot in Asia, how I have, how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility, not pride for them, with humility, and with tears and with trials, with, uh, which came upon me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you everything that was profitable and teaching you publicly and from house to house, solemnly testifying to both the Jews and the Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, bound in spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem, 
not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit Solomon testifies to me in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. So he knows that he's going to be in bonds. He doesn't know all of what's going to happen. But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will no longer see my face. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. Be on your God. Listen to what it says. Be on your God for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So it's not just a man coming laying hands on you. He's just, all the man is doing is just acknowledging what the Holy Spirit has already done. He says, so that the Holy Spirit made you overseers see, to shepherd the church of God, which, is, which he, purposed, he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing this flock, and from among your own selves, men will, will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on your alert, remembering that night and day, for a period of three years, I did not uh, cease to admonish each one with tears. He said, now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Now I said, well, wow. This is awesome, isn't it? This is awesome word to the, to, the, to the elders because the elders are supposed to be watchmen. The elders are supposed to watch for the wolves. The elders are supposed to, supposed to make sure they peer over and see what's going on uh, with the sheep. The elders got to make sure that people don't rise up among uh, themselves and, and come in and try to draw people from the, to themselves and try to uh, uh, ravish the sheep. We're supposed to protect the sheep. That's what we're supposed to do, even if it means our life. Is that correct? Because David, King, King David, before he was king, he said that when he was protecting the sheep, he said that, well, you know, a lion came and, and tried to get the sheep. But what did he do? What did he do? He said, man, I, man, I, I fought the lion. A bear came and tried to get the sheep, but I fought the bear. He risked his life to save the sheep. That's what we as elders are supposed to do. And that's what you got to look for in men of God who's going to oversee your souls. You got to look for people who will do that. You say, you sound like you're going somewhere. You sound like you're going to expire. I'm not going anywhere. You know, God hasn't told me that yet. He might have told you. Did you all have a word for me or something? You know, that? <laughs> I'm not going away. I'm just trying to, to explain to you that the word of God from Malachi. Let's look at Malachi again. And, and see, uh, there, there, there are five things that they didn't do. These are, these are things that, that, that they, just, they just didn't do. We're going to start in chapter 2 to go, to go there. It says that if you do not listen and if you do not take it to heart to give glory, honor to my name. So... These are things, complaints that God had. They were not listening. 
Does God want us listening? Yes, he wants us listening. Does he want us to take to our heart to give him honor? Yes, he does. This is not just for the elders or for the priests back then. This is for all of us because we're a royal priesthood. It says in verse uh, 8, But as for you, you have turned aside from the way. Turn aside from the way. We're talking about the way of the Lord. Wow. That's, 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 that's three. Four, if you turn over, uh, the verse was, is verse nine. The last part of verse nine says, but you are, are showing partiality in the instruction. We should not be showing partiality in, in, in our instruction. If somebody has money, we say, peace, peace be to you. Uh, what is it that you don't like to hear? I won't teach you on that, you know. Uh, and somebody who, who doesn't have much, you know, they own fixed income, you know, whatever. And, and, and uh, they said, hey, Pastor, uh, I would like to hear this. Well, tough. I speak what God gives me to speak, you know. Come on. Come on. We're not going to show partiality to people, are we? We're not going to show partiality. You didn't say anything, John. I hear sound. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to show partiality, you know, because somebody has money. We're going to teach the word of God, aren't we? We're going to teach the word of God. That's what we're going to teach. Then go back to verse 8. Number 5, one of the complaints is that you have caused many to stumble by the instruction. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. Man. Can you believe that they caused many to stumble? Many to stumble. Now, that is serious. Do you know one of the most serious things as being an elder is that if we don't teach sound doctrine, it can affect your life, the life of your children, the life of your children's children, life of your children's children's children generationally. Do you know that? Because you're going to teach your children, you see? And, and so you say, well, what are you talking about if we don't teach sound doctrine? Everybody teach sound doctrine. Every, every church they teach sound doctrine. No, every church doesn't teach sound doctrine. You know? Every church doesn't because there's some churches, like Unitarian churches, there, there are some churches, they don't teach no sound doctrine. No, I don't think that sounds right. Now, how do you know what sound doctrine is? You've got to read the words yourself. You've got to be like a, uh, you know, like a Christian from, uh, like, from real. They, 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 they say, well, hey, I'm going to search the word and find out whether these things be so. That's what I want you to do. Search the word to see whether these things be so. Okay? Because there are some churches, let me tell you something. There are some churches that tell you that, hey, you can't wear jewelry because it's against the word of God. Well, that's not true in the word of God. You can not wear jewelry. I don't care if you never wear jewelry. Who cares? But don't say 
is because God forbids it. Do you understand what I'm saying? There, 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 there are doctrines that say, well, the, the, there's no such thing as the gifts manifest and the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit that passed away when the canon was fulfilled when when we had the Bible. That's passed away. Well, and my Bible doesn't say that. My Bible says that the manifestation of the Spirit is here now and it is going to be here. Well, matter of fact, Paul said he's, he, uses the, 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 he uses the gifts of the Spirit. Jesus used the gifts of the Spirit. You're going to tell me that it's passed away? No, that's your doctrine. No, the gifts of the, and manifestation of the Spirit are here today. Now, just because you've been taught otherwise, see, I was taught nothing. Because I went to church with my mama uh, when I was little, and I heard nothing. I was taught nothing because I won't pay attention. Now, I'm sure uh, some of you can understand what I'm saying. Uh, maybe y'all can't because most of you are more holy than I, I was because, <laughs> because you, you know, sometimes you, uh, we didn't have children's church back at Ebenezer Baptist Church. We didn't have no children's church. Everybody sits in church. Everybody, you sit there and be quiet, and you better not say nothing. Don't be wiggling around. You sit there and be still. Man, I didn't want to go to church. Didn't want to, but glad when it was over with. I didn't hear nothing. Didn't hear nothing. You see? Didn't go to no Bible study. Didn't know nothing. So I knew nothing. Do you hear what I'm saying? There are other people the same way. But guess what? When I came to this church, it was different from Ebenezer Baptist Church. And I said, "Woo, what?" Mr. Dawson, why are y'all having a church in the back of Robert's Piano Company? Is some witchcraft going on? What's going on back there in this building, you see? Because that's where it was when I came. It was in the back of Robert's Piano Company down here on Timberlake across from uh, Harley-Davidson. Uh, I think it's Parapoose or something. Anyway, it's, it's right there beside Jiffy Lou. That's where it was. And I saw people raising their hands. I said, oh, my God, whatever. They're raising their hands. In church, you know, clapping the hands, you know. I said, whoo, man, where are the song books? You know, no song books, Stella, none, no song books. And uh, you grew up in a, in a church, they had song books, didn't they? And they had, they, had a, they had a, okay, you turn to, you know, this right here. You know, you had a page up there on the wall. So you knew what was going on. Man, I didn't like that when I came here. I said, man, I don't know what kind of church this is. And so I start asking questions. Sam, why, why, why are they raising their hands? Why are they clapping like that? Why is it in a choir? What happened to their robes? You know, yeah. <laughs> right? Why is it that y'all have an overhead projector? Because back then, you know, uh, back in the, in the 80s, uh, they had overhead projectors, you know, with transparency. You know, some y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you know, you're so young, you don't know what I'm talking about, you know. You know what I'm talking about. And... and just the, the video project, they, they just came out modern, like, you know, but they, we have transparencies, and somebody sitting up front changing the transparency. That's what we had. And I said, man, this is terrible. I ain't never seen no church like this. I don't think I'm going back whenever because uh, this, is, this is weird. But see, it, it had got in my mind that church was like this, like I grew up. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't know anything, but I, uh, but I, I learned from what I saw. You hear what I'm saying? 
That's not the best way to learn. The best way to learn is what you read from the Bible. But I didn't know that. And so Sam was my first person to decipher me. He said, okay, let me tell you something. Okay, look here. When it says, raise your hand. Look at right here. When it says, I said, why are the people jumping up and down? You know, this is weird. weird. You know, because uh, you, know, you see people, you know, they raise their hand. You know, hey, they, when they, when the praise songs, you know, they, they be jumping up and down. I said, man, this is weird. They jumping up and down. You know, uh, and it's, Sam said, they dancing. I said, it doesn't look like a dance to me. It looked like jumping up and down. Because <laughs> when you, well, but come on, when, you, when you're African-American, you know, dancing is dancing. I mean, you dance. You know, it's not like jumping up and down, you see. And he said, that's dancing, that's dancing. And he said, let me show you where Dave was dancing. I said, okay, hmm. So <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? This is what I went through because I didn't know the word of God. That's all I'm saying. And it, can, it could have affected my children, Ivy Cameron Brandon, where if I told them, hey, we're not going back to that church because that's weird, do you realize that they would have been feeling the same way now as adults? They would be telling us their children the same thing. But I'm so glad that um, God put somebody across my life to open the Bible up and say, okay, this is what the Word of God says right here. I said, oh, man, I didn't know this was there. Well, I didn't know nothing was there because I didn't read it, you know. Uh, so, so I, I learned something. Now, I'm just telling you that 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 this is doctrine is very important. Okay, it's very important. Now, let's end with some of the things that you want to look for in elders. What you want to look for as a royal priesthood, or you know, a holy priesthood. What you want to look for in yourself, because he's talking to the priest. I say it can be applied to the elders, but also it can be applied to you in, in Malachi chapter 2, verse, the only, only verse I haven't gone over is verses 5, 6, and 7. So let's hit seven things in 5, 6, and 7 and, and, and go with what God says. He says in verse 5, my covenant with him was one of life and peace. He's talking about Levi. And I gave them to him as an object of reverence. So he, rever- he revered me and stood in awe of my name. Number one, God wants us to reverence him. You hear what I'm saying? Reverence the Lord. Reverence the Lord. Esteem him highly. That's what reverence is. Esteem him highly. Show respect to the Lord. It says that stand in awe of his name. We have a great God, a great king. And, and, and now you, you're talking about somebody who knows all the stars by name now, by name. We can't stand in awe of this, this, this holy God. That's two. Let's look a little further. Number three in verse six. True instruction was in his mouth. True instruction. So in your mouth, when you're talking to your children, when you're talking to your, your, your neighbors, when you're talking to your coworkers, when you're talking to uh, anybody, uh, your friends, when I'm teaching, you're supposed to be listening for true instruction, true instruction. And it says also in righteousness. Un- it said unrighteousness was not found on his lips. So you're looking for righteousness. You're not looking for anything unrighteous. Let's go a little further. 
he walk with me in peace and uprightness. Woo, I like that. Number six, verse seven. For the lips of the priest should preserve knowledge. The lips of the priest should preserve knowledge, and men should seek instruction from his mouth. Your children should be seeking instruction from your mouth. Any unsaved relatives should be seeking instruction from your mouth. You should have the word of the Lord. You should have the truth of the word. Your, your, your co-workers should be seeking truth from your mouth. Why? Because you're a messenger of the Lord of hosts, it says in verse 7. Okay, now, I said, wow, that is cool. That is cool. Now, the last one is that you turn many back from iniquity. That's in verse 6. You turn many back from iniquity. God wants us to turn people back. It says in the New Testament, he says that, uh, you know, uh, oh, that I have somebody that would speak the truth that would turn people back. If you see somebody headed towards destruction, you're supposed to turn them back, don't you? If you see somebody who's not walking in truth, not speaking the truth, you're supposed to try to talk to them about the truth. And it's a timing, it's prayer that goes up, all those things goes up because God is serious about his sheep, isn't he? And so he wants you to be his spokesperson, doesn't he? He's supposed to have he's supposed to have all of us as his disciples going out all over Lynchburg, all over Madison House Heights, all over everywhere, you know, and we're supposed to be uh, looking for opportunities that the Holy Spirit might say, I want you to speak to this person. And surely in our own households, we're supposed to be people of the truth, and we're supposed to have the word of instruction on our lips. We're supposed to be teaching our children, our grandchildren, uh, the word of God. And they're supposed to, if they never, never, never hear the word of God, surely they should see it, right? Because sometimes our, our children, you've heard of, heard things say, well, uh, you know, you speak so, you, 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 you speak, no, I think it's so, what you do speak so loud I don't hear what you say. Have y'all heard that before? And see, we want it to be that same thing is that what we do speak so loud that if, even if you don't hear me talking about the Lord, you see it walked out. Because, see, that's what I did when I was at Ebenezer Baptist Church is that I saw things and I thought that was the truth. See? Because that's what I, only, I saw. And so you can, you can do the same thing. You can be walking uh, uh, when I was teaching, I couldn't, I couldn't talk about the Lord. It was against the, the, the school board rules to talk about the Lord unless they got in my car. When they got in my car, they were mine. Those are my, my players. That I'm serious. If they asked me to take them home, I took them home. But I guarantee you, I talked to them about the Lord. I guarantee you I did. Because they're in my car. They don't tell me what to do in my car. Right? In the, in, the, in the schoolhouse, they can, they can do that, but not in my car. So um, I was just, a, you said, well, you were just a rebellious boy, weren't you? No, I was just 
who am I going to obey, the Lord or, or, or the superintendent? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to obey both, but the Lord is going to be first because the Lord will give me favor with the superintendent, won't he? So that, that's what I'm going to do. Let's stand. Isn't God good? He's so good. I'm telling you, he's so good. And, and he, wants, he wants us uh, to be who we are. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. And you should be offering up spiritual sacrifice unto God. You really should. Uh, give me the prayer team to come up, please. You know, we had a word to come forth, and we had, um, it might be somebody who want to rededicate their life or something, because this word is a, is, is a serious word. It's not a word of uh, condemnation or anything like that. The word that I gave today, uh, this word was just a word that's saying, I love you. I love you. Since I love you so much, I'm going to tell you where you're missing it. And then I'm going to now tell you again, I love you. I love you so much. That's the only reason why I told you where you're missing it. Because if I didn't love you, I wouldn't have told you where you're missing it. I would tell you nothing and let you go head on to destruction. See, but God's not like that, is he? He's not like that. And neither are we. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.